welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode 259 of the podcast. Wowee, I can't even believe it. Today I have a guest on that you are just going to love. Her story is incredible. Her name is Janet Rinaldi. Janet currently owns the cookie business, Cookie Crumbs, in Florida, where she does edible bouquets and things. They are so cute. You're going to need to check that out. But she also has an incredible motherhood journey. You guys, you're not going to believe all these twists and turns. Today we're going to cover loss and miscarriage. We're going to talk about adoption. We're going to talk about having children with special needs. We're going to talk about divorce and betrayal. We're going to talk about becoming a guardian to her niece after her sister passed away. We're going to talk about starting a business amidst all of that tumult. And we're going to talk about remarriage and keeping the hope through it all. She is truly an extraordinary person, extraordinary mom, and I can't wait for you to get to know her today. So the other thing is the audio is a little poorer quality than usual today. So sorry about that, but you're going to love my conversation. All right. I'm thrilled to be welcoming Janet Rinaldi to the show. Hi, Janet. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from? I am in Dunedin, Florida. Oh, awesome. How's the weather out there? It's still summer when we're recording this. It is so summer here. So <laughs> hot. <laughs> is it just, does it feel like summer year-round? I'm from San Diego originally, so I I understand that kind of uh, Christmas day at the beach kind of sentiment too. <laughs> exactly. That's what we have. We, we put on our boots when it gets to about 70 degrees. We call it winter. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. You have quite a complicated, inspiring, incredible story that I can't wait to dig more into today. But for people that may not know you, we just give a little brief background to set us up on who you are. Um, sure. I am a mom to a total of seven kids, um, a lot of that by blended families, adoption, guardianship, etc. only one biological. Um, I own a business in Dunedin called Cookie Crumbs, which is a boutique bakery, and I run that myself. And um, I recently got remarried, and we now have a blended family, and so we have a whole lot of crazy, uh, but a whole lot of love. Amazing, amazing. I want to just know all the things about your cookie business. I just think this is so awesome. Did you ever think I'm going to be a business owner, let alone, do you have like a bakery experience? I had no experience with either. Wow. Um, the closest thing I got was running an office for 10 years, and um, but still nothing you know, that doesn't even compare to running a business. So no, the business fell into my lap and it came at the perfect time and I jumped on it and um, learned as I went. See, that just goes to show. I mean, I'm 34 right now. I can't even fathom probably the opportunities and the life experience I'll have by 44. And, you know, and you don't 
want to limit it either because the potential in this life is just endless and it's pretty exciting when you think of gosh you can't even imagine the good things that are ahead right oh exactly and that's that's the thing like we've been so trained to think we have to have our life plan figured out by the time we're 25 Mm -hmm. and it just it hasn't even started Hey everyone, I want to thank one of our show sponsors, Canvas People. We all have our favorite photos, the ones we cherish and adore. So here's a question. Wouldn't you love to see those special photos that are sitting on your phone or computer displayed on your wall? Canvas People transforms your photos into beautiful, unique, museum-quality canvases that are easy to hang and make fabulous home decor. So our favorite family tradition is printing out our holiday photos every year. We love printing them from Canvas People and we love, love, love seeing the growth of our family every year and seeing how everyone changes. I love displaying all of them on the wall. They look so stylish and you're gonna love them. And by the way, right now, Canvas People wants to give today's listeners a special offer. You're gonna love Canvas People and I have a special code that you can use to get an 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. That's a $69.99 value. All you have to do is pay the shipping and handling. To get your own 11 by 14 canvas, just visit canvaspeople.com and use my special code EMP. That's EMP. So simple, canvaspeople.com and use my code EMP. Make your living room a little more cozy by displaying your precious family photos today. Thanks Canvas People, now let's get back to it. So let's go back to the beginning of your motherhood journey. Tell me what early motherhood was like because it did not come easy. Yes, so I was married and I think the majority of us, we have a plan, whether in our head or out loud, of we'll be married for this many years and then we'll start our family and we'll have our children at this age. And uh, mine just did not go that way. Um, We had our set plan of when we were going to start trying to have a family. and, um, And then my dad was very sick with Parkinson's disease and when the doctors told us that um, he didn't have a lot of years left I put a fast forward on my plan because my desire was that he at least live long enough to be able to see his first grandchild from me Mm. Um, so we moved up the plan and it still didn't work out that way Um, my first pregnancy I was pregnant with twins and um, lost one at six weeks and the other at 11 weeks. Um, And then we waited a while, tried again, and I got pregnant again. And when I was 18 weeks pregnant, um, my dad passed away. And so he knew I was pregnant. He knew he had a grandchild coming. So that was precious to me. but he didn't get to live long enough to see my baby. So a week after my dad passed away, um, my water broke in the middle of the night. And um, the doctors told me, there's nothing we can do. You will lose this baby. So I begged them. Of course, I'm in the middle of grieving my dad. And then on top of it, didn't want to lose a baby. Um, Begged for an answer. They came back and said, I was at one of the research hospitals that we have here in Florida, and they said, we have a trial going where we're trying to repair the hole in the amniotic sac while the baby is in utero, and we can try. And of course, I was game for anything. Sure, Um, yeah. So they tried that surgery the next week, 
And unfortunately, while the surgery itself worked, I developed an infection from the surgery. And um, they came back a few days later and said, it, it's you were the baby, and so we have to take the baby. Wow. Um, and so they induced me the following day, and I delivered a baby. And she lived for four hours in my arms, and then she passed away. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. And especially on the heels of losing your dad. And this is your start to motherhood. I think, I don't know about you, but I really glamorized, you know, having a baby and anticipating it to be healthy and getting pregnant easily and things like that. And, you know, the more I live, the more I realize that hardly ever happens. It just doesn't go exactly as you ever dreamed it will. How did you deal with the loss after loss? And how did you reconcile a very uncertain future. You didn't know how it was going to go. Um, I, I didn't want to reconcile that. Yeah. And so I kind of refused sure. to go down that road in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, honestly, I developed the mindset of if I can think, if I think I could go through that experience one more time, I'm going to try again. Mm. And the odds are I will likely lose another one. But if I can handle those odds, I will keep trying. And I told myself I will, I'll know when it's too much and I can't handle it again, I'll know. Mm-hmm. And then I will pursue other options. Okay. Um, and that's what I did. And so I, I did get pregnant again. I went back to my surgeon at the same time period at 19 weeks and um, he said I I don't know what to tell you he said the same thing is happening again you will lose this baby and he sent me to go straight to the hospital that was closest to my home Um, it was about an hour away and he said I don't think you'll make it to the hospital before your water breaks but head straight there if you make it there there's some things we can try So I went to the hospital. I made it. Um, They did a cervical cerclage. They put me on inverted bed rest. And that's how I stayed for the next five months. What does inverted Um, bed rest mean? I'm sorry. I don't even know. Well, my feet were higher than my head. Okay. Wow. And so I was allowed to get up for cumulative probably about 10 minutes a day. I could take a quick shower and I could sit up to eat. Um, but as soon as I was upright, um, you know, I, my cervix started opening. Yeah. So I, I had to stay that way um, for five months. And so that's what I did. And then I had my daughter. Oh, you are my hero. <laughs> that <laughs> just had to be excruciating. But you did it. You had your little girl and she came out and it was kind of the dream. How did the next bit of your life go for you? So I had her and that was fantastic. And then uh, about a year later, we decided to try again for another one. Um, And I miscarried again. Um, And that was the moment that I knew that I couldn't do it again, Mm. um, that was it for me. So at that point, how did you envision growing your family? 
I did still want to grow my family. And you know, when you, when you get in that place, um, you get kind of desperate Mm. and you just want it. You want that baby so badly. Um, and I remember just saying, I will, I will buy a baby. I, I don't care how I have to get a baby, but I want a sibling for my daughter. Mm. I didn't want her to grow up without any siblings. Um, so we decided to pursue adoption and decided to go through the state because I knew there were so many kids who need a home and need a family. And um, they had started a program in my county to do foster to adopt, which was not traditional foster care, but only fostering kids who are already available for adoption. So I felt like the likelihood would be greater that I wouldn't have to give a child back, Mm, mm -hmm. which is what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, that did not work out Mm -hmm. for us. Um, We sat on that list for a year and got one phone call that ended up falling through. So after a year, they came back to me and said, would you please consider fostering? You have a good chance you know, that you can adopt if the child goes to adoption, um, just try it. And if you, if you can't do it, you can't do it, Hmm. but at least try. And I, so I agreed to try. So we started with the foster care system. Um, the day that our licensing came through, we got a call from placement and they said, we have a little girl for you. She's 18 months old. And her caseworker is going to be calling you. And I was thrilled. Um, well, about an hour later, the caseworker called and said, I can't bring her today. I can't get to you today, but I'm going to bring her myself. Um, so I'm going to bring her Monday. This was a Friday. And I was so sad because I had been so excited to have yes, this little girl. You were ready. So I called placement back. And this is probably not good advice for anybody who's <laughs> thinking about foster care. But I called placement back and I said, I was ready. And she's not coming until Monday. <laughs> and the girl was so sweet. She said, well, I have a baby that just needs a home for the weekend. He's in transition. And do you will you take care of him just for the weekend? And I said, of course I will. Oh. So they brought me a baby that afternoon. And I loved on him for the weekend. And then on Monday morning he was picked up and right after that um, the caseworker arrived with uh, our little girl so she walked through the front door and she walked right into my arms and it was it it might as well be a lifetime movie it was perfect (laughs) in that moment Um, and she was just you know the cutest most precious little thing Oh, and so did it stay like a picture perfect movie? <laughs> it did not. It was the farthest thing from picture perfect. <laughs> it was a process, but I will say with her, it was an easy process um, as far as taking her in as one of my own. So I had been told when we started the the foster care journey someone had told me they said you will know if this child is not meant to be yours you will love them and you will take care of them but in your heart you'll know 
that's what you're doing. Hmm. But when this, when you have the child that's meant to be yours, you'll know, and there will be a difference. And truthfully, I did not believe that at all. Um, because I thought I would become very attached to every child, no matter what, but it turned out to be true. And we did take in other kids, um, during the time that we were fostering my little one, but it was different. And I did feel like I was just giving them a safe space and and loving on them for a while. Mm -hmm. And it was different with her. Um, my daughter immediately started calling her, her sister. And, um, she was, she was ours. Wow. And we just never looked back. Wow. And it was a fight and it was a long journey Mm. and a fight simply because her biological parents were not safe. Mm. And so when there's a child that's not safe, I will go to the ends of the earth to fight for their safety. Sure. Um, And that's what we did. Amazing. And so how long before she became officially your daughter? It was a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So right before her third birthday is when she was adopted. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so then at that point you have two daughters. I had two daughters. You had two daughters. And then I just can't even believe the next step, but tragedy struck again in your life. What happened? It did. So three months later, not quite three months later, um, my sister passed away Mm -hmm. unexpectedly and, uh, she was a single mom to an eight year old daughter. And so, um, my niece came to live with us. Wow. So then we had three girls. Wow. Three instant girls. And, and she's your oldest now, right? She, yes. Yeah, so you had the yes, eight-year-old and then the oldest. two little ones. Right. So how, how did you go about blending during that time? And in what ways were you able to offer stability, especially to your niece who lost her mother? I just can't even fathom. How did you know how to navigate that appropriately? And what kinds of things did you do to offer that love and support that she needed? Yeah, you know, I don't think you ever know how to do it appropriately yeah. or properly. Um, I think you do the best you can. And, um, you know, my my girls welcomed her in. And at the beginning, which I think was a great distraction for my niece, you know, they were all just so excited. We get to have sleepovers every night. And, you know, it was like, summer vacation every day Hmm. um, where the three of them got to see each other every day so in that way I think it was good for her because having siblings distracted her from the loss of her mom yeah Um, and she loved it and they I mean now they're all sisters right Um, as far as helping her through the loss of her mom it was I 100% believe in therapy yeah. and lots of it. Um, and I just, you know, I can share the good memories from my childhood, keep her mom's memory alive. And that's what I try really hard to do. Um, she knows, and, and I tell her often, I'm not here to replace your mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm not your mom, but I love you like you're my own. And 
our family is your family. You are a part of us forever, and that won't change. Well, and and you truly proven that as you had you know taken in your foster daughter and then adopted her, you were already equipped with knowing how to love a child that was not biologically yours. And so in some way, it seems really a beautiful full circle moment that you'd already had that that practice in a way and that that time to to learn that and connect and realize you could do that again in this situation. Right. And, and we talk about that a lot, you know, when my little one is struggling with something, you know, and she'll say, you know, well, am I really part of this family? Well, yes, you are. All of us here. We're we're all a melting pot there. And my oldest, well, my middle daughter now, she will say, you know, I'm the only one that was biology (laughs) you know she's kind of the minority now right exactly and so I can only imagine how stressful this must have been on you on your husband at the time on your marriage what ended up happening yeah so um not too many months after my niece moved in with me uh is when my marriage kind of fell apart and um you know there were Secrets and there was betrayal and uh, there was a lot of things involved in that. Um, and I think that the whole process of going through the foster system and the adoption process and then everything with my niece, um, I think a lot of that was used as mm-hmm. a good distraction for me. Mm-hmm. Um, where... I was focused on other things and so I didn't see the end coming um, and that was a big surprise to me Um, however I will say now that I'm finally on the other side of all that um, I'm so thankful for the way that things turned out Wow that's that's saying a lot Janet You're right. That really is saying a lot, but I think that will offer so much hope to people that are not sure that they really can endure the challenge they've been handed. And their challenge may not look like your challenge, but we all really just have to believe, could this really be for our good? Could this really be for our teaching and our education and getting us to that next right step and things like that? When you're betrayed and there's secrets and the trust is broken, things like that, how do you move forward believing that you can trust people again? Because I can only imagine the person that you trusted the most in your life, when that is severed, you got to kind of question everything. Did you? I did. Yeah. I absolutely did. And, you know, when you go through a divorce, um, especially when your circle is mostly because of your faith. So my church was my biggest circle Mm. and divorce is not a popular thing. Um, so there's a lot of judgment that goes on. There's a whole lot of opinions and you don't really know who to trust. Mm. Um, and you don't really know who's looking out for you or who's looking out for you keeping their security alive. Mm. You know, um, I think it's really scary for a lot of couples when the people in your circle look happy and look like they're doing everything 
they're supposed to do, and then that falls apart. And I think that gets really scary and makes people start questioning themselves. So I think a lot of the judgment comes from a, if I can just justify why this happened to you, then it's not going to happen to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So has that changed the way you approach your friendships now? It really has. You know, I, I find myself um, trying to be very cognizant of when my friends need me, but then when there's not a crisis, being just as present. Yes. Because yes. we need those friends when everything is great. We need them to relish in that with us. Right. Oh, I love that. I think that is such a great, a great reminder. And, you know, whether you literally have to write it on your calendar, like check in with so-and-so or, you know, if somebody comes to mind, just shooting them a text, being like, you're on my mind. How are you doing? Out of the blue, I love it when people reach out to me. And even if nothing's, you know, going wrong necessarily, I just love being seen and feeling known. I think we all do. We all do, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, everybody kind of expects it when the chips are down. Yeah. Um, But when it's not, you know, I just was listening to um, an interview the other day and the girl was saying, um, I think of three people who have been on my mind every day and I reach out just to let them know they were on my mind. And I thought, that is so good because how many of us don't have five minutes just send a quick text to three people a day sure, and just let them know we're thinking about them. Sure. You're waiting in the carpool line at school and you have that 10 minute window because you need a good parking spot, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, Ugh, it's so hot. Yeah. Like reach out to those people. And that is, that is just a great idea. I love that. And so one thing we didn't really even touch on yet was that your daughter, your biological daughter started having some health complications um, not long after she was born, right? Yes. So my biological daughter is the reason I ended up buying the cookie store mm. um, because she was very sick once she turned one. And oh. she was in daycare because we both worked. Um, so she, she was in and out of the doctor's office constantly uh, by the time she was one. And... They finally said, we did the children's hospital, we did infectious disease, I mean, we tried everything, and they finally said, you know what, essentially put her in a bubble, pull her out of daycare, keep her home, keep her away from people, and let's just see if her immune system will figure out how to right itself. Hmm. So, and my husband at the time um, did not want to stop working, so I became a stay-at-home mom overnight um, to stay home with her. And so she had those health issues going on. And then our daughter that we adopted, um, she's a special needs child because she has every letter of the alphabet diagnosis. Um, She has sensory processing issues and she has um, just a lot going on in in the wiring in her brain. Wow. So two of your daughters, you're having to attend to. So how was that going from working full time and, you know, climbing the ladder and having evaluations where you were praised and everything. And then you go to being a stay at home mom with two very high needs children. What did that do to you emotionally? 
Yeah, the stay-at-home mom thing was not my cup of tea. Um, I did not feel like I excelled at that. Um, and I, I always feel guilty when I say that because that's, you know, every mom's dream, right, to stay at home and raise their kids. And um, I just... I did not find fulfillment in that. I really missed working. I missed having a career. Um, love my kids dearly, yeah. but I just, it just wasn't a good fit for me, um, which was also very different than all of my friends. Yes. You know, a lot of them did stay home and were very happy doing that. And um, it seemed like the ones that didn't wanted to. Hmm. Um, and so I just, I just never found my niche there. So I was only home with her a year when the opportunity to buy my business came up. And it worked out perfectly because um, there was a small little daycare directly across the street. And I could take my daughter over there. Um, and if she you know, wasn't feeling good or anything came up, I was literally across the street from her. And she could just stay at my shop with me so that worked out perfectly too yeah what a great opportunity and I want to go back to what you said about how you feel bad even saying you wanted to work and I hear that so often from from other women who who choose to work and they feel like they should be staying at home and that should word I mean it just it'll get you every every single time but when you picture the type of mom and how you would have showed up to your kids feeling resentful and depleted and like you were lacking fulfilling this other aspect of your life that you were drawn to do is that the kind of mom that you'd want to be full-time to your kids I think not at all I think women who work outside the home and honor that if that's their goal and they can show up better for their family and their kids because their tank is filled up after working outside the home and pursuing those things I think that is such a better example to your children. Is that what you found? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely I did because I was floundering at home. Yeah. And I wasn't I wasn't myself because I wasn't exactly what you said. I was not filled up. Mhm. Um but when I'm working and when I'm running my business, that gives me a whole different side of confidence that gives me a whole different view of myself. And I feel like I'm my best self as a business owner and as a businesswoman. Mm. And I love that my kids are seeing that and seeing you know, what their possibilities are. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank one more show sponsor and that is Revolution Math. When it comes to math, the key to success is making it enjoyable and establishing a foundation from which your child can grow. As a former teacher myself, that's not going to happen through worksheets and forcing your child to do drill and kill. doesn't happen. What motivates them? Things that are exciting and applicable in their lives. That's why Revolution Math offers online classes with math games designed to heighten their skills in time for the new school year. At Revolution Math, it's not just about doing the math, it's about loving it. So what is Revolution Math? These are online, face-to-face classes, kind of like Skype or FaceTime. They can even do it with their friends if they want. You pick a time, and for an hour each week, students grades two through five develop math skills with their friends through engaging characters and fun math games. They enjoy small class settings, three to four kids, they have the same teacher every week, and they will create a lasting enthusiasm for math. 
So enroll your student today and get your first month of classes for just $19 at revolutionmath.com slash EMP. That's revolutionmath.com slash EMP and get your first month of classes for only $19 at revolutionmath.com slash EMP. Thank you so much to Revolution Math. Mike Parker has been loving starting these classes this month and he is so ready for third grade. So check him out and thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Okay, let's get back to the rest of my conversation with Janet. By all matter of like society's norms for how, you know, life should go and should look and marriage and kids and everything you've had a lot of challenges and I understand that there's been judgment and scrutiny and everything as you know whether it's how you've brought in kids or divorce or things like that how have you gone on and what have you learned about just finding that new normal and living according to your own values and what you know is right for you and your family and letting the rest of it go. You don't need to fit in anybody else's box. You know, that is so true and it's such a valuable lesson. And I feel like I have fought against that Mm -hmm. in many ways, but it's, it's getting there. It's sinking in, you know, finally that, um, you know, this is my life. Nobody else is living it. And at the end of the day, nobody else is closing their eyes thinking about my day and what I've done. Um, that's, that's all me. And it, mm. it truly doesn't matter what I'm supposed to be doing or what everyone else thinks I should be doing. If I'm doing what is the very best choice for myself, for my family, for my children, then what else is there, you know? Yeah, right, right. And even if you did try and conform in that box, when you do close your eyes at night and you think of the day and think of how you're doing, I would imagine more stress would come from feeling like you're failing living a forged life than just being authentic to your true self and doing your best with what you know is right for you. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's so much peace in in just being true to yourself. Me too. And who you were made to be. I could not agree more. And so after this long and winding journey, you did find love again. You did remarry recently. Tell me about meeting your new husband and then blending your families. You know, it has been such a wild ride. Um, my husband and I met through eHarmony because why not? That's how you do it now, right? <laughs> and I wasn't, I was running a business and raising kids. I wasn't going anywhere where I could meet people. Um, so I went online and we met through eHarmony. He was my um, what if match, I think is what they call it. Like oh. just a little bit outside of my parameters that I had set up. And, um, you know, the what if you changed your parameters a little bit? Would you like this guy? Um, So he came up on my list, but I didn't come up on his because we didn't match exactly. And so I sent him a smile, you know, and he smiled back. And um, I mean, it, it was just fantastic. We when we met, we clicked so well. And at the core of everything, 
we share the same values. You know, his kids mean the world to him. Um, mine mean the world to me. He is was so excited to learn that I owned a business and just so intrigued by that um, because he's a he's a business guy and, and loves the whole business world. Um, so it just was it was really just a great match. Uh, our personalities are such that you know I'm the I'm the general and he's the fun guy. Everybody <laughs> loves him. You know? um, so we balance each other really well and I've just learned so much. Um, he has a saying that he'll say all the time. He'll say, is it a difference that makes a difference? And you know I can get really caught up in my routine and my schedule and, and my box, my way of doing things. And then he just comes in and and makes it a party and that all just goes out the window. Wow. I'm just so happy for you. What a great next chapter. And and I don't even want to say, you know, what a great ending to this story because it's like just the beginning of a whole new chapter and there'll be a chapter after that and after that. But being able to forge forward with, you know, you've just maintained hope and perspective this entire time and you've pivoted along the way and to have this great blessing after so many years of of trial but sticking to doing what you know is best for you and your family to to have this as your next chapter i just love that congratulations thank you so much that's amazing it has been so fun and you know blending um seven kids together hello um, <laughs> right so he has four and i have three well. and um two of his are grown and on their own and who are still at home with us but I mean all of the kids too just they were all so fantastic they all just were really open and welcomed each other and formed this bond and they're all siblings and they'll tell you you know that's my sister and don't mess with my sister yeah. you know and, and they have each other's backs and um, they they just they love this life that we're doing together Good job. And I can only imagine the modeling that you're doing. I heard a parenting expert say one time who also went through a divorce herself and was very concerned about her children and how they would fare and things. She said, your children will do just about as well as you do. And I think that is so powerful for the parent that is concerned with how will their children fare. If you believe that you're going to be okay and they're going to be okay and you're modeling that in action every day for them in word and in deed they will be okay is that kind of the perspective that you have oh i definitely think so yeah your kids go with with your mindset mm -hmm. you know and if if you tell your kids you're in danger or you're not happy or they're going to believe you right so it's it's true the other way too if it's a hey this is our this is our normal yep. let's let's get up and let's do our life amazing they'll go right along with that and and they'll just they'll do life yeah oh so so good so what's next for you and your family where can we find your cookies how do we get it if i'm not in florida <laughs> Well, I ship all over the country, Okay, which is fantastic. So I am on social media everywhere at Cookie Crumbs, and it's spelled with K's um, instead of C's. And um, 
I have a website. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and we're constantly all over the community and out wherever we can go and, you know, showing up in, in other places via the Postal Service. Amazing. They'll have to check that out. Your bouquets are just darling for any occasion. I love it. Well, Janet, this has been so wonderful. I'm going to link to where they can find you at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. But I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? I would tell my pre-motherhood self to relax and not worry so much. Mm. Um, you're not going to screw up your kids. <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to make too many mistakes. It's, it's all going to be fine. Um, they just want a mom at the end of the day who shows up for them and just enjoy it. That is right. Janet, thank you so much for sharing your motherhood journey and your story. It was so, so inspiring, and I just think you're extraordinary, truly. Oh, thank you so much. That is so kind of you to say, and I'm I'm just so glad we got the chance to talk. Me, me too. All righty, have a great day. All right, you too. I mean, it's like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> it really is. Every twist and turn of Janet's story leaves you just with your jaw dropped like again again you're getting hit again and some of you might be listening thinking that your challenge quota is up right but as Natalie Norton said in our conversation you can't even think of it like that you can't think why me or me again because sometimes life isn't completely equitable it's not fair it truly isn't fair who gets certain amount of challenges or you know, how long they need to endure certain things. It seems unfair to us, but in the big perspective and the big scheme of life, as you can see from Janet's experience, now married to a man and blending a family successfully, all of those things show her that it was all pointing to this. It was all pointing to this moment for her. And she can have gratitude in that. And I think that is truly astonishing. So if you want to see Janet's cute family, links to cookie crumbs and everywhere you can find her online, you can go to extraordinarymomspodcast.com. It'll all be over there as well as past episodes. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, please do that. You can do that at jessicadalquist3 on Instagram or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Coming up next week on the show, we have an incredible, incredible episode for you. My dear friend Jill Hodges is coming on. She is one of the most extraordinary women I have ever met. And we're going to talk all about her motherhood journey. She currently has a 20-year-old daughter who has Down syndrome. And we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of her journey when she first found out at birth that her daughter did have Down syndrome. We're going to talk about her mother's mental health and how those challenges really impacted her ability to view herself as potentially being a great mom. We're going to talk about raising teenagers. We're going to talk about all the things. And it will feel like two moms sitting on a couch having a real heart-to-heart. And that's literally what we did. We sat on the couch together and chatted. So I hope you'll enjoy tuning into that next week. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.